When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Athena will give you a great home loan and help you get rid of it. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World and for Midday Madness. Jump on the line at 1300 736 736. Give that number a call. We'll get you on on that Werribee Kia open line. Heaps to get to today, but your call's the priority for the first two hours, as it always is for Midday Madness. Anything in the world of sport that's moving you enough to pick your phone up and dial the number, we'll get you on to discuss the big issue that you think should be discussed. one 736 736 that open line, brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Jump through on the text as well. We'll read a heap of your texts out again today. It's been so many texts coming through in the last couple of days. I've loved it, so keep them coming. 0433 I'll try to read more than ever this year, and I think we're getting there. 40 Winks Kemper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. As I mentioned, plenty to come later on in the program. Jen Dorman's going to join me, President of Women's Sport Australia, given that it's International Women's Day. So I'll have a chat to Jen later on. It's also Geelong Membership Day. Be one in hoops in 2023 with a Geelong Cats membership. Sign up today at membership.geelongcats.com.au. We've got a premiership cat joining us a little bit later on the program. Xavier Cooks is also going to have a chat. So Xavier Cooks off to play in the NBA once. This NBL Grand Final Series between the Kings and New Zealand is one and done. So we'll have a chat to Xavier Cooks a little bit later on. But your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heap of stuff to get to. Just ask Jared Whiteley if he was walking into that CEO's meeting with Gil McLaughlin tomorrow. What would be the first thing he throws at Gil? If you've got a thought as to what you'd be throwing at Gil tomorrow, if you're a CEO of an AFL club, then by all means jump on the line, 0433981116 if you want to send through a text, but one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heap of other stuff, including well, a little bit of an umpire dilemma I've got for you. And I wouldn't mind finding out what, what will happen with this new sub rule, if you've got a thought. So it's four interchange players plus a sub this year. And your sub can be brought on any time for any reason. So you've got your four interchange as per normal. But if you get an injury, you can use your sub. But even if you want to sub someone out just through form or want to sub someone out after half time because... You've got a Ruckman as your sub, and you might think the fresh Ruckman is going to change the game. Then you can bring him on. If you think you need a, a fresh forward, then you can bring a fresh, fresh forward on to change the game. It will be more tactical than ever, the sub rule this year, because you can use it legitimately, tactically. So if you're unaware, it's four interchange plus the sub. So essentially, you've got five to use this year. You've got 20 three players you can use in the course of an AFL game. So, yeah, it's changed a lot from the old days when you had your 20 guys and only 20 guys got a game every week. Now each club's playing 25 guys every week. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Do you think teams will use it tactically? Do you think you would rest a Ruckman 
as your sub, there's been a lot of people talking about the extra midfield rotation. So you bring on an extra midfielder to add to your midfield potency and your midfield rotation after halftime or after three-quarter time, which could be the case as well. But it's going to be used tactically, and I think it's a great move by the AFL. This is one rule change this year that I think has got some power to be a game-changing rule as well. So your call's on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got a heap to give away. Bottles of Starwood, two-fold double-grain Australian whiskey, thanks to Hairy Dog's Summer of Aussie Spirits, hairydog.com.au, Brick Lane Brewing Vouchers, and some Geelong Premiership merchandise as well to give away to Cat fans. David in Richmond, I know you're on the line already, um, and keep your calls coming. We'll get to you very shortly. The other umpire dilemma I've got for you, I'll give you a little bit later on. But David in, Rich- in Richmond, you want to talk Richmond and Tassie firstly. Welcome to you, David. I do, Dwayne. I, I really hope that we hit the ground running in Richmond. Um, we have some good players coming, as you know. Um, they're expecting 90,000 next Thursday night. It's going to be stinking hot, apparently. But moving on to Tassie, uh, you know how they're talking about the jack jumpers um, upgrading the stadium, making it larger? They went, and, they went and upgraded it first and got it refurbished or whatever. And they've sat back and waited to see what the demand was like. Obviously, they've sold out all the games. What would stop Tassie from saying, OK, give us the licence first. We've got two stadiums. Let's fix up Blunston by putting up temporary standing or stands like they do around Albert Park for the Formula One. And if we then meet that demand, if we then sell out every game and there's that real sort of urgency to have something bigger and better... Why don't you use that as an option rather than spending a billion dollars with interest rates at 6% now and the cost of building a stadium is something that you might not ever use to its full capacity? Well, I think it'll get used for other stuff, David. That's the, that's the issue with a stadium. It's, they're not just building a football stadium. It's going to be used for... Well, it might be used for test matches. International cricket, it might be used for... Uh, you know, down the track, they might end up using it for Big Bash instead of Belle Reve. We don't know what the long-term plan is for Belle Reve, But, I mean, we saw when... With Well, the Wacker has been used in WA forever, and yet when they built the new stadium, they thought, well, let's take cricket to the new stadium as well. So it just makes sense. So I can see that that could happen as well. Concerts, there's so much that can be done at the new stadium under a roof, Dave. So you and I have sort of agreed to disagree on this for a while. You've been on the, on the agenda that you don't think they need a stadium with a roof. I'm of the belief that they do, but it's going to be one of the talking points with Gil tomorrow, no doubt. Yeah, I think just the, the current climate we're in, we've got the, essentially the Reserve Bank saying we don't want government spending heaps of money. Uh, and then you want the AFL just to ask the government to fork it out and pay for it. And there's no... Like, I, I seriously don't see an Ed Sheeran coming down because the cost of getting anything down to Tassie because of the water and, and the freight with the airport is just so much of a turnaround time and expensive. And we've got two massive crowds to uh, Ed Sheeran here in Melbourne, 100,000 each night. That's still only 3% of the population of Melbourne that went over the two nights. 3% of 300,000 is only 9,000. I don't see Ed Sheeran turning up for 9,000 people in Hobart. Do you? Yeah, David, you're a glass-half-empty guy on it. I get that. You've called with a glass-half-empty idea of not having a stadium with a roof on it before, and I get that. There's a lot of people in Tasmania that think the crowds won't come, it's not worth it, what a waste of money, government's got other things to spend it on, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'll just agree to disagree with you on it. I think an Ed Sheeran would go down there. I think you would get big concerts. The Foo Fighters would go down there. I think you'd get, you know, Florence and the Machine is on in Melbourne tomorrow, I think. Sting was here last week. So there's a lot of acts that come to Melbourne that might actually go down there because they've been here before. So why wouldn't you go to Tassie for a new market to sell one out down there? If you're going to get a sellout with a, with a stadium with a roof, 
where you know you're not going to get washed out, then I think you would get a lot of those acts down there as well. It doesn't have to be the biggest act in the world, which, you know, is Ed Sheeran. It doesn't have to be Elton John. But it would be a lot of other bands that go down there as well, other performers that go down there as well, because they have a beautiful new stadium and a new audience that they can connect with. And let's face it, if you're a singer, all you really care about is a sellout. You don't care where you're playing. You know, hello, great to be here, Chicago. I mean, they don't even know where they are these days uh, half the time. They just have to sort of look at the sheet before they say hello and welcome to Chicago. Great to have you call, though, David. Always appreciate the chat with you. Uh, keep your calls coming. We've got for kicking us off today a Brick Lane Brewing Voucher, Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, perfect for all occasions, and the ultimate crowd pleaser, but drink responsibly. Keep your texts coming through 0433981116 and keep your calls coming. one 736 It's Midday Madness time. You call, you get on. What will you do with the sub? What's your team going to do with the sub? I can see a lot of teams using it for a midfielder, but will a team use it to rest the Ruckman? and use it tactically. It's one of the good things about the coming season that intrigues me. I hope it intrigues you too. Grab out to your calls and your texts for Midday Madness. Curtis, Gassell and Tom in Thomastown are coming to you. A couple of texts in the meantime. A uh, couple of texts coming through on. They won't attract or retain players without good facilities, and I agree with that 100%. Uh, that was one of the flaws in the Gold Coast's first uh, move into the competition and the Brisbane Bears' first move into the competition. Uh, Wacker is being used today for a one-day final VSA, limited capacity these days. Also used for East Fremantle Waffle home games whilst their ground is under Renault. Looking forward to visiting the Wacker today. So still gets used, but big cricket has been moved to Optus Stadium, which might still happen with Bellarive and a new stadium. Let's face it, cricket probably would be uh, time to move in 2027 when this stadium did get built. It's not getting built tomorrow. Uh, Tasmania Stadium, you get one shot at government funding. They don't just put the money on hold to see what happens, Ian. And let's remember the money, it's not like they're taking the money that schools were going to get or they're taking the money that the roads were going to get. This is extra money that they're offering to redevelop the entire precinct, not to just build a football stadium. It's a precinct that they're offering to be part of the redevelopment of Hydwain. Uh, I'd actually make a day or two of it if they held big concerts in Tassie. Always sells out in Melbourne and can't get them. And look, that's from Ronnie. Uh, I know a girl who's actually travelled around Australia to see every Harry Styles concert. So if Harry was playing down there, she'd be travelling down there too. Uh, it doesn't have to be Ed Sheeran. Plenty of performance would go to Hobart. Uh, plus used by schools, cricket and many other things. Anne in Ringwood, thanks for your text. Anne, um, planes go to Tassie from Melbourne and all the country too. People could go for a concert and tourism on top. Carl and Box Hill, yeah, tourism's going to be huge. Um, Tasmania Stadium isn't going to be a football stadium. It'll be a multi-purpose facility. Tasmanians pay their taxes and they deserve a stadium with a roof the whole box and dice that's from uh, Andrew another one here he made some great points there Davo so a few supporting that previous caller uh, Dwayne saying you don't think Tasmania needs a stadium is not glass half empty people are only concerned who's paying for it uh, which I think is legitimate question spending money is based on priorities um, yeah, that's Paul, it is, but it's not like they're taking money from the hospitals or the roads to build a stadium. That's not the case. Um, and look, uh, another here, stop putting him to wear. He has come on air a few times and made that point. I just think it's fear mentality. I'm always of the belief that you should think about what's possible as opposed to what the worst case scenario is going to be with something. But uh, that's just the way, um, you know, I'm tuned maybe. Curtis in Bendigo, welcome to you, Curtis. You've got a thought on the sub rule? 
Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm a Bombers man. I'm not expecting too much from him this year, but um, I reckon McDonald Tippin Woody's going to own that uh, the sub rule, and uh, it'll be good to see him run on the ground and uh, snag a few after where he's come from. Yeah, it would be, actually. That would be an interesting use of the sub, so a live wire forward could be the use of the sub. Um, we're going to have a chat to a premiership cat a little bit later on, Brad Close. I might ask him about the use of the sub because it's going to be a few of those you know, live wire or midfield rotation guys might be the guys that get used, Curtis. So, yeah, McDonald, Tip and Woody could be a great option. Hold the line, I've got something for you. You've got a Brick Lane Brewing Voucher, Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, perfect for all occasions, and the ultimate crowd pleaser, drink responsibly. Uh, Gassell, welcome to you. Gassell, you got a thought on the new sub rule? Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah, two for you here, mate. Yeah, the first one, the doggies, obviously, because I'm a mad doggy. The um, lot of lot of commentators and people talking about actually talking us down. They don't think we're going to slip out the eight and all this kind of stuff. And I'll just run a couple of names past you. We've got young blokes like Smith, Jamara, Norton, English, Richards, Darcy, and then you got Liber and Bont looking very fit. So I reckon we'll go all right. What's your thoughts? I agree with you. I've picked you to finish fourth, but I think you're top four material, and I like the fact that you've got a trick, which is this tall forward line. It's going to be something that other clubs are going to have to counter. So you're coming into the competition with something different that might actually be the trick that wins you the flag as opposed to just going in normal and just hoping that you improve more than other people improve. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, And obviously, uh, Darcy will come into play there. And with the sub rule, I reckon that's where, like, if a Ruckman goes down that's where you can bring in another tall or a backman goes down. So I reckon this new strubber will, will work good and people will use it to their, you know, other teams to their advantage. Yeah, I think a team with only one ruck who sort of run with a solo ruck might actually use it as their sub option as well. Um, just, because you, just because you have a, a, a ruck as your sub doesn't mean you actually have to sub out the ruckman that you're using. So imagine Carlton go in with De Koning as their ruck, but they put Pitternet as their sub. And then halfway through the game, they decide that, you know, they bring Motlop off or someone different off. You can still run with two Ruckman then for the last quarter if it's Motlop you bring off. So there is those variations. You don't have to bring a, a Ruckman off just because you've got a Ruckman as a sub. So I think tactically it could be used for instances like that. Hold the line, Gassel. Got something for you as well. Not sure what we've got. Uh, we have a bottle of Starwood two-fold double grain Australian whiskey thanks to Harry Dog's Summer of Aussie Spirits harrydog.com.au got a couple of those to give away always great to have you call Gersell there in uh, Melton Tom in Thomastown welcome to you Tom Dwayne now um, Geelong membership day uh, everyone's talking about Geelong but no one has mentioned uh, what I'm about to put onto the agenda and it's a record that has stood for 70 years and Geelong this year I reckon they're coming for it and that is the longest winning streak of 23 and Geelong is currently at 16 so uh, you know uh, Adelaide in round um, 8 could be uh, could be the number but before we get there um, Collingwood I think is probably going to be the biggest um, obstacle to um, get there, and that's because uh, there's going to be no Jack Henry, potentially no Tom Hawkins, and potentially no Jeremy Cameron uh, with his child being born. Um, that forward line looked really 
unconvincing against Brisbane. Um, and you're defending your own point here, Tom. You, you, you think the record, you think the record might be up for grabs, but you're kind of saying that if Jeremy Cameron doesn't play round one, that uh, the Cats could actually the streak could end round one. Well, that's just it. I'm 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 coming to you as a as a great Geelong man to to you know help Chris Scott come up with an answer. You know, do we do we look at um, putting you know Radicalier as a defensive forward on more and then trying to get um, you know uh, Captain Dangerfield to kick a bag or 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 do we go with a mosquito fleet? I I, I don't know what what we do, but um, I don't really see um, the 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 obvious. Um, Option, but if we if we can somehow get over Collingwood, I think um, with Hawkins and Cameron then coming back in potentially in round two, um, you know it, it could all uh, it could all uh, you know be pretty rosy, and, and that record could be very much in sight. Yeah, so I think the forward line, if if Jeremy Cameron doesn't play because he does have a baby due, but uh, we presume he is going to play. But for the hypothetical, if he doesn't play and Hawkins doesn't come up, which is a chance to happen. Jack Henry's injured. So the forward line would probably be Ollie Henry will play forward, Gary Rowan, Tyson Stengel, um, Brian Myers, and maybe they could put De Koning forward. I'd be leaving Radagalia back now that you're trying to develop him into a backman. I don't think I'd be wanting to mess with that with Radagalia. So maybe De Koning could be the guy they push forward, Tom. But yeah, the, the, the streak, in fact, if they get the streak, give me a call back. We've got a Dwayne's World t-shirt for you, given that you've mentioned the streak first. Um, you might have uh, put the moz on it now that uh, you've mentioned round one as well. But I appreciate the call, Tom. Always great to have you on. Ben in Mooney Ponds, welcome to you, Ben. Uh, good afternoon, Dwayne. Um, just in relation to the sub, uh, sub rule, I reckon most teams this year will probably play two Ruckman, um, Grundy and Gorn being the, you know, the main example, but... Um, even the Bulldogs are talking about going, you know, going taller. But you look back to last year when Brisbane put Darcy Fort um, as the sub, they, they got a lot of flack for doing that. Yeah, well, I think if you've, got two, if you've got two of the best five Ruckman in the comp, which is Gordon and Grundy, then you're going to play them both. I'm only talking about when you've got one of the best five Ruckman in the comp, but your second Ruckman isn't one of the best 15 or so. So what do you do then? Do you play a second Ruckman then as a sub, or do you play a second Ruckman as part of your 22? So I don't think there'll ever be a case where you see Grundy or Gorn named as the sub for Melbourne. But I could see it perhaps... Um, well, let's, Richmond, for example, could do it, given they've got Nankervis, but they don't necessarily always want to play Ivan Soldo. So Soldo could be your sub. So Because Soldo's often not in your best 22, if you're a Richmond fan. So that's who I reckon the second sub could end up being Ruckman in that instance. Um, yeah, appreciate your call, Ben. It's a good talking point. I think it is anyway, because it is intriguing now. It can be used tactically if you weren't with us at the top of the program. So it's four interchange plus the sub now. You've got five guys on the bench you can use, and you can bring your sub on any time for any reason, tactically. So you can play your sub uh, as a tactical move, even though you might have to use your sub for an injury early in the game still with a concussion incident. Uh, DT on the road. Welcome to you, DT. Hey. Good evening. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air, DT. Welcome to you. Yeah, thank you, Wayne. Uh, good to hear, you know. Um, yeah, I want to talk about my Blue Boys uh, this time. I think I'm very excited for this season. I think last season we just pretty much gave our final chances. Uh, and this year I think we'll be playing top eight. Pretty sure. Very confident. Uh, again, 
in terms of winning the premiership. Like already done now. Uh, we really sit our pants, you know, usually come finals. So been very disappointing last two years. Uh, but come round one, I think we'll be pretty much ready to go. And uh, a bit nervous as well. So I don't know what they thought uh, on our blue boys. Um, and secondary, the cricket, you know, the, this fish thing is getting bizarre and bizarre. I love watching cricket, but I don't know what uh, three days test match. It really needs to last at least four days, good four days, five days, if not. Um, so, yeah, I, I reckon it's going to be it's a day-night test match. Uh, is it right? Yeah, I don't want a three-day test match either, DT. I'm confident with Carlton this year. I think you're going to go well. Um, there's a chance I might actually tip Carlton against Richmond round one. Still haven't really thought that through in detail, but I think Carlton are going to go really well. So I'm agreeing with you on that. I'd be, I'd be pretty buoyant if I was you and a Carlton fan as well. Um, appreciate your call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Thanks to Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Midday matters, so you call, you get on. Hit me a text before I head back to your calls as well. A few people sucking about the fact that it's Geelong Membership Day. Uh, apologies for that, but it is Geelong Membership Day today. B1 in Hoops 2023 with the Geelong Cats membership. Sign up today at membership geelongcats.com.au one here the Geelong show uh, Jono from Ascot Bale uh, apologies to you Jono um, sorry if people are ringing about Geelong another one here Liam from Mernda 12pm it's the Geelong show again um, well you can call if, you, if whatever you what team you borrow for you can call as well um, and talk about your team it's midday madness you call you get on and if Geelong people call, they get on. And if people from Fremantle call, they get on. Morris Rioli Jr. as a super sub. Adam, he might be too good to have as a super sub, but he'd be a super sub if he can't make your 22. I agree with that. What if the dogs play in the wet, Dwayne? What do they do then? Well, the good part for the dogs is they play a lot of games at Marvel, so the roof is on. The bad part for the, for the dogs is you do play in wet and often windy conditions in Ballarat. At Mars, so maybe you don't go with the tall forward line in Ballarat. If you're a dog fan and you've got a thought about that, um, give us a call as well. I I wouldn't be playing this Manhattan tall forward line, four talls, two smalls, in in Ballarat. That's what I wouldn't be doing that, especially if it's super windy. If you get a fine day with no wind, then maybe you do it. But other than that, I think I'd be keeping it for Marvel Stadium. Um, hi, Dwayne. Do you have to nominate who your substitute is? Yes, you do. Uh, hi, Dwayne. The Hawks should play in Launceston once Tassie team comes in. Launceston deserved more than a 7-4 split of games. Utah Stadium is getting a new Eastern stand by 2025. Stadium is in a great location also. Cheers, Alan. Yeah, we did have on the program the Hawthorne CEO, Justin Reeves, a couple of days ago, and he did tell us that Hawthorne does plan to play a home game in Launceston even when Tasmania get their team. So I can see that happening. Uh, either a home game, Hawthorne v Tasmania in Launceston, or Hawthorne v another opponent in Launceston. And one here, uh, why would Cameron miss due to his child being born? This is Jeremy Cameron. He can just be subbed off if his partner goes into labour. That's the perfect scenario. So he plays, and if his partner goes into labour... Comes off a quarter time. I like it. And your text from Midday Matters. Quite a few coming through on the text. So send through your text. Who is your super sub? One here from Harley in Preston. Josh Weddle is the super sub. Appreciate that. Harley, who is the super sub 
for your club this year, given it's four on the bench interchange plus a sub that can be used tactically. Already had a nomination for Morris Rioli Jr., uh, had a nomination for Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, had Orazio Fantasia on the text as well. Who's your super sub? One one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number for Werribee or send through your text as well. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. One other thing I need sorted, if we can please, in the next ten or fifteen minutes. Tim Watson said it's time for the fans to decide this morning, and I agree. It's time for the fans to decide. Friday night football start time. Channel 7, like it at 7.50. We've been told by Sammy Edmund we're getting 7.50 as a start time for Friday night football. Tim Watson said this on breakfast about the fans deciding, and I agree with him. Here's Tim. We have spoken about this before, and we got a lot of fe- a lot of feedback. A lot of people liked the early start, but then a lot of people said exactly that mm. same thing about Coming it's in. too early. We've got to get to the game, and we just need a bit of extra time but so Tim, that we can get there. I understand, but Fieldy's 100% on the money. The old nine-to-five model's gone, out the window. You say that. You say that. But the people we listened to last year off our temper text, they weren't necessarily saying that. Okay. I think we've got to listen to the people, Gary. It's okay for you people, you know, live in your, you know, your, you know, 10 minutes from the stadium, you both of you, and just around the corner, trying yeah, to make Gary. things as convenient as you possibly can so you can get home nice and early. But there are a lot of people out yeah, there Gary. who come from Seven. way out in the suburbs and they're trying to get to the game. Tim Watson, Channel 7, uh, decide that 7.50, from what we understand, is the reason we're going with 7.50. That's what 7 prefer. But Tim's saying, let the fans decide. So... Jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What do you prefer? Seven ten on a Friday night for a start time. Seven thirty on a Friday night for a start time. Seven fifty, which is what we're getting on a Friday night for a start time. Send through your text as well. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, and we'll put up a Twitter poll as well on the SEN and Dwayne's World website for you to tell me what you think is the is the right start time for Friday night football. And let's let the fans decide. Blackie and Doreen, welcome to you, Blackie. Great to have you on. I'll answer, but that's not my rung, but me personally, I any anywhere from 7.30 to 7.50. It's a Friday night. I don't work the next day, so like, they can start at 8.30, 9 o'clock if they want, but probably 7.30 because do, you do need a little bit of time to get home and and I'm in Doreen, so I'm a fair way out to get back into the into the city to the G. But my, mine's a super sub for the Blue Boys. I, I've got two nominations, I think, even though I love when he plays a whole game, Jack Silvani, because he's got the flexibility of playing up forward, down back as a midfielder or in the ruck. But I honestly reckon the best one would be Jack Martin. He only gives us 20 or 25 minutes of good footy every game. So bring him on in the last quarter. I hope that 25 minutes is in that last quarter. Yeah, maybe Gary Rowan could be Geelong super sub then, given that uh, it's big bang for buck, but he doesn't get a lot of possessions. So you might be right. Uh, Blackie, good call by you. One here on the text, Josh Bruce for the Dogs. Can play forward, back, and pinch hit in the ruck. So there's a few coming through for that hybrid player as being your super sub. Um, I like it. Uh, Jack Silvani, also an option. Uh, Craig in Perth, you there, Craig? You there? Yeah, yeah. hi, Dwayne. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about West Coast. You know, like over here, there seems to be a lot of negativity about how bad they're going to go and and um, it's all doom and gloom. Um, you know, as a club, as a supporter of West Coast, I think that over the last 30 years, we've, we've, we've pretty well had a good run, you know, and I think it's 
it's one of those things is if you look at clubs that have been pretty successful over that time, they would have to be in probably the top five of those of those clubs. And um, I think their model over competing every 10 years for a flag um, is still in that sort of framework. I think, you know, at the moment, sure, they're, they're down the bottom, but um, they've probably, you know, they've got young guys coming through and, and they've still got four or five years within this 10-year bracket to be competitive again. And I think that West Coast supporters just need to hold on to that and have, have confidence that, that their model is working and, and has done over that period of time. Yeah, it's nice to hear the positivity, but you're not going to win just two games this year, so you're going to go up the ladder. How far up are you going to go up the ladder, do you think? Um, I, I, you know, it, again, you know, like if you if you looked at our, at our list, there would probably be 10 or 12 players that would be a walk-up start in any other team. You know, like, um, if you put them on the table, any team would try and negotiate to get them, you know, and I, I think having that sort of nucleus and, and spine when you're talking about a, a um, Barras, a McGovern, a Yo maybe in the middle and then a Darling and an Allen, you'd have to hope that you could win at least, you know, around that eight-game mark, I think. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that. Hey, great to have you call. A lot of texts coming through. 7.10pm Friday nights for me. 7.50 is too late. I like 7.10. Uh, hi, Dwayne. 7.50, the earliest. Cheers, Stuart. So Stuart likes 7.50. Uh, 7.10 is perfect. 7.50 is way too late for the kids. 7.20, great for kids. Started at 7.20. Um, Nim's here. Game should absolutely start at 7.10 on Friday nights. Uh, old mate Wispy, a man of the people. Text come through. Uh, 7.10, another vote for 7.10. 7.20, thanks. My kids will not be attending a 7.50 game. 7.30, for God's sake. So there's someone who likes it in that Goldilocks right in the middle spot. 7.50, best for us in West Australia, Matt from Perth. 7.10, another vote for 7.10. 7.50, Friday night sucks. So there's one that's against 7.50. And another vote for 7.10. John on the road, you got a thought. What's your thought? Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. A lot of people are forgetting um, uh, the retail sector, and these people are unable to call now even to tell you that... Uh, they wouldn't mind the later start because most retailers on a Friday night don't close until 9 o'clock. A lot of people still doing their shopping and I'm involved in the retail industry some, somewhat anyway. And the biggest thing that I hear people saying is they miss at least half the game. So 7.50 is a pretty good balance. Um, I'd even like it a little bit later, but 7.50 seems pretty right to me, Dwayne. Thanks for your call, John. It's balancing up 7.30. Definitely a pretty fair compromise, according to this texter. Another one here, 7.50. No way. Too late. Takes over an hour to get home. Seriously, might have thought twice about a membership if I knew that Fridays were 7.50. Dwayne, start time, 7.25 p.m. start. 18-minute quarters, so the match is completed by 10 p.m. Cheers, David. Um, no more chat on Tassie. Let's just see what unfolds. Uh, David, thanks for your text as well. Uh, just on Tassie, uh, very true, Dwayne. Stadium would be used for many things from a Tasmanian point of view. You'd also pay extra for tickets because the other option of flying and staying in Melbourne is far more expensive. Thanks for that. And the money spent on Tasmania Stadium will be recouped in no time with the extra tourism it will generate. What's the problem? Get it done. Strap up your calls and your texts for Midday Matters for rjsanderson.com.au Personal and Business Tax Experts. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line number, and keep voting on the Dwayne's World Twitter site as well on the SEN Twitter site. 
through the Dwayne's Ward page for your preferred start time for Friday night. 7.10, 7.30, 7.50. Se have a bit of a say in this one, as Tim Watson said on breakfast. A couple of texts that are coming through. 8.10 would be ideal. We'll leave time to get there after work. So there's an 8.10. Uh, that's the latest we've had so far. Games need to start at 7.50, Dwayne. Oh, it's Friday night. Makes more of an event. Chris, thanks for that. 7.08 from Peter. There's a lateral thought. Lose-lose situation. Everyone has their own timetable. That's from Tanasi. Hi, Dwayne. 7.50 Friday is absolutely perfect for those getting to the ground or having a pub feed pregame. Allows time to relax and take in the build-up. And for those watching from home, allows young families to organise their children, dinner, bed, etc., and also more time for people to get home from work. 7.50pm maximises both arena attendances and television viewers. No-brainer, Dwayne. That's from Jack in Churnside Park. So there is a bit of support for 7.50. 7.10 or 7.20, if you can't get there in time, too bad. Uh, start the game at midnight like the Murray-Cockenarchus match. Uh, thanks for that. Um, I thought the game starts at 7.40 next Friday night. Is the app AFL app, wrong. No, next Friday night, or the round one Friday, is 7.40. That's correct. It's a Geelong home game uh, against Collingwood at the MCG, so it's a 7.40 start. Uh, 7.10, another vote for 7.10. 7.10 or 7.20, 7.50, way too late, especially for Geelong supporters. That's from Glenis. Any time from 7.30 as I come down from the country, need time to get home from work, get the kids, and pray there are no traffic issues. <laughs> Cheers, Jock. Um... Yeah, the traffic issues, there's a thing that we all pray for. Chris and Baronia, you've got a thought on the start time. Welcome to you, Chris. Hey, Dwayne, how are you? Good. Good. Um, is what I find incongruous with the whole debate about start time is that Thursday night football, off the top of my head, starts probably at 7.30. It's earlier. You know, we, it starts earlier, yet we get hung up on 7.50 on a Friday to get home to work and that the Thursday night football is increasing to, I think, 15 games this year, is it right? So I can't quite get why we still have to have the footy at 7.50. Neither can I, Chris, but there's obviously a reason. Well, I think Channel 7 like what they've got on as their Friday night lead-in. I don't want to mess with that lead-in. And they pay the big bucks, um, as do Fox. So, um, you know, that's the, the start time they prefer. And... That's the start time they'll continue to get by the sounds. I think 7.50 on a Friday night, even though Thursday night starts earlier. Hey, Dwayne, with this new sub rule, should Selwood come out of retirement? Uh, thanks for that text. Charlie Dixon, super sub, can change the game in the ruck with his aggression, but doesn't have the tank for a full game. Beeper in Craigieburn. Keep your super sub nominations coming through as well. Nick in Hoppers Crossing, what can you, Nick? Hey, you going, Dwayne? Thanks for taking my call. Two, two items. Uh, with the super sub, uh, my, my previous caller of the Carlton supporter said Jack Savani. I, I reckon that's a good one because he's versatile. You can put him anywhere, forward line, back line, in the ruck for a few minutes. That'll change the game. And about the starting time, I'll make it 7.10. Saturday, Saturday, you can make it after that. doesn't matter because you've got the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. But Friday, I'll make it 7.10. Thanks for your call, Nick. There's a lot of votes for 7.10. I think 7.10's leading slightly on the Twitter poll, but I'll give you the results of that. Very, very surely. Still got a heap of stuff to give away, including some Geelong Premiership caps, by the way. Be one in hoops in 2023 with a Geelong Cats membership. Sign up today at membership.geelongcats.com.au. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. So over 150 votes on the Dwayne's World 
Twitter poll so far. Your preferred start time for Friday night footy, given that it's going to be 7.50 again. 7.10 running at 42%. 7.20 running at 46%. And 7.50 running at 11%. So if we let the fans decide, as Wispy Watson mentioned earlier today, at the moment it would be a 7.20 start for Friday night. A couple other tags that have come through. You've got to remember, it's a national comp. 4.50 start time in WA is early enough as it is. I hate the late start as much as every other Vic, but you can't go any earlier. So there's a good reason to leave it late so WA people can get home from work as well. Dwayne, do you know when Carlton is having their membership day? I need to be listening so that I can potentially get a cheaper membership. Paul, uh, don't tell anyone I told you uh, because I think you will have a membership offer coming your way on Friday if you're a Carlton fan, and uh, and I didn't tell you that Melbourne's membership day is tomorrow, okay? Dwayne, uh, how do you think Buddy's going to take it when the Swans use him as super sub? No longer in my beloved Swans' best side anymore would be a great sub, Simon, in Mansfield. Maybe he'll enjoy it. I mean, he might end up paying an extra season worth as a super sub. Maybe they can... Maybe he's the super sub. He might end up being a chance to, I don't know, uh, kick another 100 goals. He's got... What has he got this year? He's got, uh, I think he's got 55-odd to get to 1,100. So maybe it can add to his longevity. Um, 7.50 is perfect enough time for dinner, single malt and relax. <laughs> Thank you for that as well. Brent Harvey for North Melbourne, super sub. I know he's in his 40s, but could you imagine 20 minutes of Harvey magic? Matt in Cheltenham. Matt, you're not alone. Quite a few coming through for Boomer Harvey to be added to North Melbourne's list, maybe in the mid-season draft. Super sub, Brent Harvey. Another one here. How about someone pick up Boomer Harvey in the mid-season draft and make him super sub? He could play to list 50. So plenty of support coming for Boomer. I love it. Dwayne, uh, definitely 7.50 at the absolute earliest. Uh, we've been stuck in traffic snarls many times to the point that we've had to jump out of our Uber and run the last 3K to the G. When we arrived, we were stuffed, but we won, so it was worth it. That's Simon from Frankston. Thanks for your tale, Simon. Uh, 8 p.m. Friday nights, Jason from Murrabark. Uh, keep your text coming on the start time. Heap of other stuff still to get to after the news, so keep your calls coming. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Midday matters for rjsanderson.com.au. RJ Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists take the stress out of tax, so jump online or give them a call, rjsanderson.com.au. Jed Buse and I were in the um, late in the season. I played my 350th. Jed and I were in the weights room. We were doing um, an overhead press with the dumbbells, and uh, we got told by a bloke that just played his 50th game um, that we were using his weights and that we should have been lifting more. Um, that player was Brad Close. I mention that because this makes me feel comfortable that I can move on. Um, that, that the boys are going to keep challenging each other because he wanted Busey and I to be better. I had a sore back, Jed had a shoulder that was basically dislocated. So there was an excuse for it, but Close, he wasn't buying it. A little bit of Joel Selwood talking about Brad Close, who's our guest, Geelong Premiership star and part of Geelong Membership Day today on SEN. So keep your calls coming, keep your texts coming. We'll head back to your calls and your texts very shortly for more Midday Madness. But let's have a chat to Brad Close while we can. Geelong Membership Day, be one in hoops 2023 with a Geelong Cats membership. Sign up today at membership.geelongcats.com.au. Brad, welcome to you. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pushing Joel Selwood and Co around. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, funny how the story comes across. Quite a little bit different than how it was, but um, yeah, no, it was nice. Do you want to uh, sort of downplay it with the truth? Uh, how did it unfold? Uh, no, I've just got a little rule in the gym um, that obviously me, who weighs probably 20 kilos less than everyone else in the gym, that no one should be lifting any weights um, the same as me. So if they're lifting my weights, then uh, yeah, they're probably doing it wrong. So there's a bit of truth in it. From rookie list to premiership player, it's a great road you've travelled, tough road, but you got there? Yeah, no, it's been a really enjoyable ride so far. Um, and then last year was uh, yeah, really really nice way to finish the season. And did you always have that belief in yourself? It seems as if you've really had to sort of adapt your game to what Chris Scott and what Geelong needed. Yeah, I guess um, throughout um, my my career, I think um, maybe the belief hasn't always been the same. Uh, I probably feel like I um, outdo my expectations um, probably each season. And um, to be a regular player now um, in the Cats side and um, playing the Premiership side last year, um, yeah, I'm feeling more and more comfortable. And um, I feel like, um, yeah, Scotty and the rest of the coaches allowed me to play my role, um, which I've yeah become very comfortable playing. And you're from the country originally. I know you came through Glenelg, but you're from the country originally. Is playing for Geelong something that uh, has has made it a bit easier for you or the environment made it easier? It seems like Jeremy Cameron's living the life that he always wanted to live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm from Mount Gambier, which is only um, probably a four-hour car ride away from Geelong. So um, being close to home and um, in, a, in a country town, um, Geelong is um, a really good place for myself to live um, and the club itself has been um, yeah, really good to myself so very happy with the Cats. Been a bit of talk about the hunger, whether it's going to be there this year with the Cats but you know, I haven't sensed the hunger not being there in the training sessions and the practice matches that I've come to. It seems like it's, it's almost built to a new level that hunger to try and reprove yourselves. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think after winning it last year and um, feeling how how sweet it was to win. Um, I think the blokes that played that day definitely want to do it all again. And then obviously the boys that missed out um, were still part of it, but obviously want want to be um, even more part of it and be on that on that ground um, when the final siren sounds. So I think um, training has been really good so far, and um, we're really looking forward to the season starting. And heard Tom Atkins on this radio station a couple of weeks ago now talking about you know a lot of players that are Premiership players don't actually feel safe in their position. It's still almost a week-to-week proposition to prove yourself. And especially given, well, Geelong's brought in Ollie Henry, Tanner Bruin, Jack Bowes. They've recruited uh, Jai Clark as well. So it's a pretty um, tough team to get into still. Um, You know, Ad Holmes, who didn't play in that grand final team, it's it's a pretty thick list. Absolutely. Um, There's always competition for spots. Um, And, yeah, the young boys that we draft or that we've brought in um, are well and truly pushing um, everyone who obviously yeah might have played in the grand final and um, yeah I think it'd be one of the toughest jobs in the AFL would be picking our side each week. Do you? Th- there's been talk that there'll be a higher amount of players rotating through midfields this season. Do you see yourself as being part of Geelong's you know extended rotation for a long time as well as being that resting forward? Um, yeah, oh, midfield is something that everyone wants to be a part of one day but um, yeah I'm loving playing down forward and um, if there's a few minutes I get to run around um, up the ground um, yeah I obviously enjoy it and it's something that I, I do want to add to my game over the next few years You might have to play full forward round one if Jeremy Cameron has a baby due and Tom Hawkins doesn't come up Jack Henry's injured 
Um, you'll have Ollie Henry down there probably alongside you, but you might have to play full forward and kick four or five. It would be nice. It would be nice to sit a bit deeper and uh, have the ball come to me and uh, kick a few snags. But, um, no, I'm sure we'll be right uh, come round one. Um, we do have plenty of blokes that are available um, to put their hand up as well. So I'm sure I'll be the last one picked as full forward, but um, hopefully I can um, kick a couple of goals. It would be nice. You're more of an assist guy anyway, don't you? You'd prefer to give one away than kick one sometimes, wouldn't you? Yeah, it, it does always feel good giving them away too. Um, I think with our, our full forwards, it's always nice to um, get blokes like Jeremy and um, Tom Hawkins rolling early. So if you can feed them one early, um, you never know how many they might kick by the end of the game. Four on the bench plus a sub. How do you think the sub it will be used? It can be used tactically this year, so you can bring a sub on any time for any reason, even if it's to a player gets dragged in the last quarter if he's not playing well enough. And what kind of sub do you think Geelong is going to play? Yeah, it will be an interesting one, um, which I think most teams will probably figure out as the season goes on, what's the best way to use it. Um, hasn't been something that we've um, really discussed so far, so I, I think that one's up to the coaching staff on how it'll work. But, yeah, like I said, I think it'll be something that might um, be changed and altered with throughout the year and see what really works for each club. Do you think it'll be a midfield more likely than at all? Yeah, honestly, not not too sure. Um that might be something that's thrown in um, on Thursday or whenever selection happens, whether they plan to use a certain sub or whether it's just, you know, if there's an injury or someone's, um, yeah, running out of legs or um, match-ups or whatnot. So it will be, um, yeah, interesting to see what um, the coaches do go with. And announced that the by the club today that Joel Selwood's still going to be around the club doing a few things uh, in an ambassadorial role and part of their marketing as well. Um, I know from people down at the Cattery that he does want to still be involved. He loves the place so much. It must be a little weird without him, even though he's still going to be there a bit. It is strange not having Joel, Joel around, but um, he has popped in a few times and it's always great to see him when, he, when he's at the club. And um, Yeah, it'd be great to have him um, around the club for, for throughout the year and um, yeah, it'd be good to see his face. Is Paddy much different, Dangerfield, as a captain? Um, everyone's got their different styles. Um, Paddy's probably a bit more um, easygoing and loves a bit. Um, Paddy's a bit of a character as well, so there'll be a bit of a different um, style of leadership from Pat. Um, Joel was pretty uh, pretty serious when it comes to a lot of things, whereas Pat's um, got yeah a bit of that sort of jokester side. So it'll be interesting to see how Pat goes um, in comparison to Joel. But yeah, now looking forward to having Paddy and um, obviously Tom Stewart. Um, as vice-captain leading, leading us out this year. Brad, great to have you on. Congratulations on the season you put together last year and good luck for 2023. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dwayne. Brad Close joining us, Premiership Cat. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Take a few of your calls as well. Yes, Joel Silver's still going to be around the club, so he's doing a few other things for the Cats, which is great news. Uh, I had a text uh, before about the... 7.40 start time for Geelong's round one home game at the MCG against Collingwood. So it's a round one home game against Collingwood that the Cats are going to play. Uh, Josh Silbert's going to do a lap of honour before that game, we understand, which is an interesting thing given that breakfast... Well, Tim Watson, was he a bit mischievous today talking about Joel Silbert and the reception he might get? Here's Tim Watson from breakfast talking about whether... The Collingwood fans might end up booing Joel and whether it's still a good idea. Joel Silver to do a lap of honour round one. Here's Tim from breakfast. 
I think they'll go to the game wanting to clap and cheer for Joel Selwood. But I think when they see him out there running around instinctively, they'll be booers. And it's not something that Joel should hold against them or Cats fans should hold against I them. know you're saying this with a mischievous grin in your face. No, in your I'm eyes. not at all, Gary. I have complete faith that one of the greatest champions of the modern era will be celebrated in the appropriate way when he walks around the ground with the flag prior to Collingwood and Geelong kicking off Friday night. I also believe that Joel will be expecting to be booed by some segments of the crowd there and he will not be offended in any way by it. He, he will know that he's not going to get a rousing reception from the Collingwood fans. I think they will because it's – yeah, this has come through. I'm all for the banter during the games and a good old sledge and a boo, but I think once the player retires, you respect you respect and applaud the career they they have served. That's from a Collingwood diehard, Paul, from Northgate. I think that's exactly what's going to happen, Paul. How was breakfast today, Tim Watson and Gary Lyon, having a bit of fun with it? I think, well, Josh Silver was on this program last year and he doesn't like the booing. He actually said that he fears for his mum and his wife and the people around him when it comes to what he called the ugly side of sport, the booing side of it. Here's Joel Selwood from this program last year. Uh, if you're in the game a long time too, you, you're going to have a lot of people that probably uh, are not going to like certain particular ways that you go about footy too. So um, it's not something that keeps me up at night. I fear for my mum and my wife and uh, people around me, but not, not necessarily for myself. Yeah, we could go further into that. I think little, it's, I think uh, it's uh, a ugly hole. part of sport, to be honest. And I'd be surprised if a lot of people didn't think that way too. Joel Selwood last year, ugly side of sport, and he'd be surprised if a lot of people didn't think that way too. It will be interesting. Scrap back to your calls and your texts for Midday Madness for rjsanderson.com.au. RJ Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists. Take the stress out of tax. Back to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. David Milton, thanks for holding. David, welcome to you. Good day, Blaine. How are you? Like Friday night Good. starts, they, they should start the game on a Monday night at 7.30. And on Friday, they should show interstate games like the showdown or WA alternated against them. It's just too hard to go to the footy on the Friday night in Melbourne. Traffic and everything else going on. But Monday night, it's open, clear, virtually no traffic. Beautiful. Why don't they do that? Dave, it's not crazy. Monday night footy is big in America. So uh, I know every time you mention America, people all of a sudden go crazy here in Australia. Uh, we, we wouldn't dare do something they do in America because it's too American. But um, I can't see Monday night football happening here. I don't think it is the Australian way. But Friday nights are crazy. I get that. And is the traffic and the logistics going to keep people away from the footy this year as it has for the last couple of years? Maybe. Because... The logistics of getting there, getting a park, getting through the traffic, getting through the roadworks has become a deterrent for some people. And the price, obviously, a deterrent for some people as well, Dave. So, look, you might actually be onto something. Maybe Monday nights as a trial. Maybe we should trial one or two or three Monday nights. If you've got a thought on Dave's idea, um, Dave, hold the line. Got something for you. We've got, uh, you're probably not a Geelong fan, but we've got a Geelong Premiership cap, B1 in hoops in 2023 with a Geelong Cats membership. Sign up today at membership.geelongcats.com.au. Would you be in favour of two experimental Monday night games during school holidays, maybe, in 2023? How's that sound? Billy and Frankston, you there, Billy? Yeah, mate. Um, 
because this is a great game that we all follow, I've got this idea of um, the AFL sending over the winner or the grand finalists of the twos over to the American Carnival, and they play the winner of that American Carnival, which could be Japan, America, whoever it is, to promote the game over there. Do you like that idea? Yeah, not too bad, Billy. So that, when is the American Carnival on? When do they have that for, for the decider of the AFL flag USA? Usually at the end of the year when ours is pretty much finished. Okay. Now, I wasn't aware of it, Billy, so let me just uh, have some think music on that as to what we could do because, to be honest, there's a couple of little things floating around like that that haven't quite got up yet. The other one is a knockout comp involving not the AFL team, so keep the AFL teams out of it. But remember the old well, Sterling Cup, Escort Cup, call it what you like. But the old knockout comp, if you had every other team in Australia, every other sort of first division, so Sandful, Waffle, VFL team, if you had a Wednesday night knockout comp for all the major teams around Australia to compete in as a knockout format to give us a Wednesday night game to watch. There's been a lot of talk about that in the last couple of years, but it's never really got up. If you've got a thought on that, would you watch it Wednesday night, knockout comp, all the other teams in the in the Sandfall Waffle, so Subiaco, Sturt, Norwood, etc., could be involved in something like that. And it might actually generate some reasonable ratings on a Wednesday night. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number, or send through a text, 0433981116. A couple here on Monday Night Footy, definitely no Monday night games. Uh, they tried Monday Night Footy a few years back, and it was a fizzer. Harley and Preston, thanks for that. Dwayne, I'd watch footy every night of the week if it was on. Uh, thanks for that. Um, when you come to Norwood Oval, Dwayne, I'll be more than happy to boo you. Well, I'll be at Norwood, I think, for the gather round, so I'm looking forward to heading down to Norwood Oval, and I'd be proud if... A few Norwood fans even remembered who I was. So that would be nice. Um, maybe I can walk into the stadium uh, at the parade and Tommy Warhurst can just wander up alongside me just to remind me of what it was like in 84 to beat us in the grand final. A um, couple of texts that come through outside of that. Uh, what is the super sub? Have I missed something? Well, that's from Bob in Hobart. Well, this year, Bob, uh, it's four plus the sub on the bench for AFL team. So you've got four interchange plus a sub that you can bring on any time for any reason. So it doesn't have to be an injury. That's why we're talking about who would your super sub be. There's a couple of that have um, texted him. What's this super sub you're talking about that weren't with us at the start of the program? Thanks for those texts. Uh, Pies fans gave Monday the champion send-off he deserved. I'm sure it'll be the same with Selwood. Uh, with the sub rule, Michael Tuck could have played till he was eligible for the pension. There's a few players that might have stuck around. Craig Bradley might have stuck around for a few more seasons. Selwood would love being booed by the Magpie supporters with his 2011 Premiership medal, medal hanging around his neck. Uh, thanks for that. Dwayne, they should bring back the Foxtel Cup as well. What's the Foxtel Cup kind of thing that I'm talking about? Wednesday night football that could be on the agenda in the not-too-distant future. I'd, I think there'd be, there's, a, there's a kind of a hole in our week on Wednesday nights, I think, but maybe that's just me. Keep your calls coming, 0433. Um, sorry, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. So more of your calls for midday matters. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Before we have a chat a little bit later on this hour to Jen Dorman, president of Women's Sport Australia. Given that it's International Women's Day, 
And later in the program, Xavier Cooks as well. So Friday night, Game 3, Sydney v New Zealand. Game 3 in this best of five NBL Grand Final Series. It stands at one all now. New Zealand won Game 1 in Sydney. Sydney won Game 2 in New Zealand. Convincingly as well, 81-74 to with Xavier Cooks not playing a big role given he had the ankle injury. Only played nine minutes in that. But Xavier Cooks is heading over to play with the Washington Wizards in the NBA once the NBL season is done. So... Uh, looking forward to having a chat to Xavier Cooks later on in the program as well. Sam and Ainsbury, before we take a break for news, you there, Sam? Yeah, go, Dwayne. How are you going? Fire up, oh, uh, Sam. Give, give us, uh, go on. Yeah, I, I actually want to talk about the uh, MCG closing the car park consistently for round one. Like, Carlton Richmond closed, the Friday night closed. Like, it's a j- joke. Some people have to travel a long way. But it's actually easier to travel by car than public transport. And some people are sick, who are sick, who've got like uh, cancer and leukaemia, who want to go to the footy, who can't catch public transport, but can go to the footy, but can't go because they've got to drive and can't get a car park. Yes, yeah, Sam, I've, and driving to the footy is, it's tough with the roadworks these days, and getting a park is really, really tough. So you're right about the closing of car parks, Sam. I'm with you. On that, let's hope that the weather is finer than it has been in recent times, and they keep as much of the car park open as possible. But I know that there are um, those that believe parking around trees is going to be detrimental to the growth of the trees and the long-term life of the trees. So there's that whole battle going on in the background as well. When we talk about, oh, we'll just park. Uh, I'm of the you know, the idea that we allow people to park as much as possible in the car parks. But obviously, you know, I'm not a botanist. Uh, Dustin in Sydney, are you there, Dustin? Uh, g'day, Dwayne. Great to have you on. How are you going? Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, Good, thanks. I just wanted to weigh in on the, the Monday night uh, discussion. Yep. Yeah, I just thought, um, obviously you mentioned that ratings in the past uh, weren't weren't that great, but I, I just don't think it's if it hasn't worked in the past, you don't try it again. Maybe timing wasn't right. Maybe it's just a Foxtel thing on a on a Monday, but yeah, definitely, I think I think there's a market for it. So, do you, do we just do should the AFL trial it a couple of Monday nights in school holidays, or one in each state? So, one Monday night in school holidays in Adelaide, one Monday night school holidays in WA, maybe where the weather's going to be fine, and also one Monday night at Marvel Stadium, perhaps to give a blockbuster to a North Melbourne, for example. Yeah, if uh, obviously where people have a Monday night off during school holidays would be would be perfect. That Easter or June, July school would be perfect. But again, just because it hasn't worked in the past, it just doesn't mean you you dismiss it. You should keep moving forward and trialing these things. Yeah, I agree with you, Dustin. To be honest, it wasn't a crazy idea, and that's why I wanted to explore it with a couple of calls and texts because the traffic is less crazy on a Monday. I mean, Friday is wild if you're trying to get through Friday night traffic because everyone's kind of going everywhere. So Monday should be easier. And I really appreciate you jumping on the line, Dustin, because it seems like even on the text, there's a lot of weight of support coming through. Um, by the way, uh, Fog saying this car park callers spot on. Another one here. I would love to do Monday night games during school holidays. It gives the kids something to do. There's less traffic. A lot of people are on holidays then too. And there are a lot of tradies. There are a lot of people that are on holidays when their kids are on holidays. So, yeah, you might be... That previous caller might be onto something here. Maybe the AFL 
should trial it. Hyde Rhinari Monday night footy, not the worst idea. However, all the naysayers who poo-poo moving the grand final to tradition will be up in arms. Cheers, B. I don't think this is the same thing. I don't think having a game on a Monday night or a couple of games on a Monday night is messing with a tradition like messing with a day grand final is messing with a tradition. So I think it would get some support. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. It's International Women's Day today. You would have heard many calls and texts across the station this morning recognising the impact Australian women are having in sport. People putting in their top threes and top tens and what can we do to help? Jen Dorman's been good enough to join me, President of Women's Sport Australia. Jen, great to have you on the program and uh, it's nice to have you on International Women's Day. Welcome to you. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for having me, Dwayne. I'm on my way to a few different commitments today, but it's great to be able to have a chat. How are we going with our push for equality? Listen, I think there's no doubt that we've come a pretty long way in the last sort of decade of the the growth of the women's competitions in domestic leagues and just seeing more women actually playing the sport at the highest level, which has been fantastic. But there's definitely a few things we need to sort of make sure that we can continue to work on. We're not there yet, but we're definitely getting better. Do you think we'll get there? I think we will. I think that there's enough public sentiment around that everyone is just questioning when we're not seeing women's sports given the same treatment as men's sports. So I think with that citizen journalism kind of aspect to everything that people are starting to call out when we're seeing inequity. And I think that the quality of the female athletes that we've got just means that it's only a matter of time before we're going to have professional female athletes across all the domestic codes and none of this semi-professional working part-time kind of stuff. And both sides of the camera too. I mean, I'm working with Sarah Jones and Kelly Underwood and uh, a number of women that have come into this once male-dominated domain and have done brilliant things. So we're seeing on the field and off the field as well a push towards getting more women involved. Oh, definitely. And I think that's the thing. We've obviously come a long way in terms of the, the representation of elite and women being involved but there's certainly a bit of a way to go in administration in media and in sort of female coaching but I think the programs are being developed so that we can start getting women through the pipeline at the moment and I'm doing my bit so as well as being president of Women's Sport Australia I'm the CEO of Table Tennis Victoria so we need to see more women in leadership positions so you've got to take that first step so I think media is definitely an area that we're starting to see some really great talent come through and it's only going to get better. And we're seeing it more in boardrooms as well, which is great. Um, women running major businesses across... Well, you've got a Queensland Premier. We've got a lot of women outside of the sports field as well, leading by example as to where you can go. Yeah, exactly. I think there's been some great work done by sort of the... Australian Sports Commission, the Victorian Government, all different sort of representations of sport at the elite level where it's been a real push to get more women on board and we're starting to see that that diversity is really affecting and changing the culture within sport. So it's it's definitely um, sport as a microcosm of society. We're starting to see females in, in more of those leadership and executive roles and that's what we want to continue to see grow in including Annika Wells, a federal minister for sport, so that must help. Oh, exactly. I think having having a, a female champion there is 
at the federal sort of level to, to really make sure that she she's listening to the community and she's she's putting her step forward. She's got young kids and she wants to see an equal world for girls and boys in the sporting landscape as well as the broader landscape. So I think it's definitely a great thing for her to be able to champion women's sport. We've been a part of a women in sport workforce roundtable with her. So she's listening to the community. She knows what needs to be done. And there's a lot of young women coming through. I mean, our Australian cricket team has been fantastic. We're starting to show more appreciation for their dominance now. But when you wind it up, we've also had people like, well, Gay Waterhouse has been one who's been in a man's world, uh, dominating, doing brilliantly and been sort of forging her own way as a leader in the sports community for a long, long time. I'm sure she's someone that a lot of the younger people can not only look up to but get advice from as to how tough it's been for Gay. Uh, exactly. I think people like Gay Waterhouse, people like Susan Alberti, who have been sort of pushing the boundaries before people had even um, thought that there was an avenue for females to compete and be a part of sport, they're the ones that have really blazed the trail for, for the next generation to follow. So they've done such incredible work to just sort of pave the way and, and provide these opportunities. So credit needs to be given to them because we wouldn't be seeing all these advances without them. And the choice for young girls coming through that want to play sport now, there's, there's a number of professional choices you've got, but it's not just sort of netball and basketball and maybe tennis and that's about it now. You, we do live in a world where you've probably got a choice of 20 or 30 sports if you're a female and you want to play and you'll get appreciated for your prowess in those sports? Oh, certainly. The opportunities that are grassroots, I dare say, a young girl can now do everything that a young boy can do, pretty much. So, yeah, there's none of that sort of discrepancy between, oh, but I can't play Auskick or I can't play soccer because they're boys' sports. Girls these days, they're seeing those opportunities and they're seeing Sam Kerr on the, on the national stage and they're seeing Daisy playing AFLW and they're saying well I can do that as well so it's the pipeline and the grassroots development has definitely followed the investment in women's sport and those domestic leagues and the growth of the popularity of some of our incredible national teams. Yeah and we'll continue to celebrate. Jen great to have you on the program really appreciate you jumping on today and uh, we'll let you go about your day but uh, we'll talk soon. No problem thanks so much Dwayne enjoy. Jen Dorman, President of Women's Sport Australia on International Women's Day. Straight back to your calls for Midday Madness, one 736 that open line number. Brought to us by Werribee Kia, and you can drop down and see the team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team. Heap of new and used car stock down there at Werribee Kia. So drop in and tell them we sent you. Keep your text coming through as well on the 40 Winks Temper text, T-E-M-P-U-R, Temper, Mattresses, and pillows like no other get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Laura in Mill Park is on the line. A couple of texts before more, uh, Laura. Uh, no Monday night footy. Couldn't think of anything worse than getting home late from a game. Now I've got another four days of work coming up. Rod in Ormond. Um, Dwayne, um, what rubbish. It's not a park. It's a car park. You can't have huge crowds at the MCG and nowhere for people to park. That's from Sharon who believes there should be full parking at the MCG Parklands Car Park. Um, didn't we have the Foxtel Cup for second-tier teams midweek on Fox Footy a few years ago? We, we did have a Foxtel Cup-style competition. That's why I would like to see it back. Um, hey, Dwayne, Monday night. Be great for tradies every second Monday 
is off. Um, I think Monday night would be a good winner. I think we'd have some big um, TV audiences on a Monday night if we trialled it a couple of times. Laura, thanks for holding. Welcome to you. Great to have you on. Hi, Dwayne. Thanks for having me. Um, I just want to acknowledge on International Women's Day, Katrina Presley, who I'm pretty sure was the first female to officiate in an AFL game. Um, and also Erin um, Phillips and Daisy Pearce. I just think they're amazing. So, yeah. Love your call, Laura. There's been so many uh, women that have been celebrated today. It is it is fantastic. I mentioned a couple like Gay Waterhouse, and I know that people have put lists together. Um, you know, Jared Waitley, his top three, and Sam Kerr, you know, rightly in so many um, parameters is number one right now, given the the retirement of Ash Barty. But, you know, Jamie Carr, week in, week out, is competing against men every week as well. So Jamie Carr... I'm not sure whether that should add um, to how great a performance every Jamie Carr win is, but uh, there's one here on harness racing. No sport has gender equality like harness racing. Saturday night at Melton, 47 of the 86 runners are either trained or driven by a woman. Um, so cheers. Uh, that's from Toby from SEN Track Trot's Life. Thanks for that, Toby. Appreciate that text as well. Thanks for your call, Laura, by the way. Midday Madness brought to you by rjsanderson.com.au. RJ Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists. Take the stress out of tax. And if you want to jump online, then by all means do so. one 736 is the number. Uh, recall parking in the MCG parks throughout my childhood and beyond, but agree those days should be long gone. Nice parks around stadiums look fantastic, particularly Adelaide Oval. But there's another one in contrast to that, talking about the fact that um, having a car park like the Dallas Cowboys have, where you can actually park on concrete around the MCG. Uh, I'm not sure we'll ever see that, where we get the whole MCG car park um, concreted. Hi, Dwayne. I've recently been to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium and it holding 100,000 people for the game. The car park, while it was all concrete, would be uh, honestly be able to park about 60,000 at the MCG or more. Would they ever consider doing that around the MCG? Keep the trees... But the rest concrete, no, I don't think I can see that in my lifetime. Um, but uh, interesting suggestion by you. Um, I sent my idea of the AFL to have the premiers from the suburban and country leagues from the previous year play midweek in a knockout comp. That's Ken B. So thanks for that, Ken, as well. Um, and uh, a couple more coming here. Give Monday nights to the Gold Coast, one game each during the school holidays against the Pies and the Tigers, Gold Coast being most popular Melbourne holiday destination, I assume, try to fill the Gold Coast Stadium twice a year. That's not a crazy suggestion either if we're going to trial Monday night footy. Um, one other thing that's been floating around that I mentioned at the top of the program that I was going to throw at you, your thoughts on this. The AFL umpires have a bit of a dilemma. There's been confirmation to me that the umpires will umpire this season in set groups of four. So for familiarity and for consistency, so the same four every week will umpire together this year. We've talked about this a bit. What the umpiring department um, told me they haven't worked out yet is if they will reward the best team of four for the grand final or whether they'll handpick the best four individual umpires from teams of four to umpire the grand final. Your thoughts on that? I think it's a good move having the same four umpire together I like that idea. We've talked about it a bit on this program. So that's a good idea. But do you reward a team of four for the grand final or do you handpick the best four 
to the grand final. Your thoughts on that? one 736 the open line number. Love to take a few of your calls on that. Adam Collins to join us after 2 o'clock. Sammy Edmund to join us after 2 o'clock. And the Twitter poll is still up. So at the moment, the Twitter poll on Friday night footy start time. And you can jump on the Dwayne's Wood site anytime you like. 7.10pm start. We've got over 700 votes on there at the moment. So let's get it up to 1,000 votes. 7.10pm start, 41%. 7.20pm start, 43%. 7.15 start, 15%. And other is, sorry, 7.50pm uh, start is 15%. So that's the breakdown. If the fans had their way now, it would be a 7.20 start as the preference. 7.10pm start, second. And 7.50 is only getting 15% of the support. So keep your texts coming through and keep your calls coming through on that. Um, a few more texts that have come through. Uh, look for lovers of the game with the time and ability to watch every match as I did when I was younger. Thursday, Friday, Sunday and Monday would be a dream world and would offer me, who can't watch Monday or through Friday night, um, to allow watch every game as well. So there's a few that are coming through in massive support of Monday Night Footy. Ray in Monell, but you've got a thought on it. Welcome to you, Ray. G'day. How you going, mate? Good, thanks. Okay. A couple of quick things for you. Uh, Monday night's a really bad idea. Any footy on the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday that doesn't have a public holiday the next day is a stupid idea. Now, if we cast our minds back to the COVID situation in Queensland where we had the rapid football... You had, you had the AFL scheduling. Collingwood had three games in 12 or 13 days. Richmond and Melbourne had three games in 20 days. The AFL can't now even schedule Essendon, Collingwood, Anzac Day where one of the teams doesn't get shafted before or after and gets four-day break. Last year, Collingwood got to play Brisbane. Now we've started this new thing on the eve of Easter, Good Friday, and they get a four-day break. And the caller that just said before, let's get Richmond and Collingwood involved with Gold Coast, leave Collingwood alone. Give the four or five-day breaks to other clubs. Get Carlton up there. Get some other clubs up there. It's not fair. The AFL are not smart enough to guarantee teams playing on Monday won't again play on Thursday or Friday night. Unless there's a public holiday next day, I'm sorry, guys. It's just total garbage. Thanks for your call, Ray. I'll put you down as a non-supporter for Monday Night Footy. I think they can structure it, so there is still six-day breaks at least. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Back to your calls, one 736 Sammy Edmund to join us a little bit later on this half hour. And then Adam Collins also to join us from India, giving this pitch controversy but a couple of your calls and your texts so the AFL umpires confirmation the umpires will umpire this season in set groups of four so they'll do that for familiarity and for consistency so the same four will be together every week but the umpiring department yet to work out whether they'll reward the best team of four for the grand final or whether they'll hand pick four individuals from four different fours to umpire the grand final if you've got a thought on which they should go with stick with a team and reward a team or just get the best four by stats. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Lachlan and Hyatt. Welcome to you, Lachlan. You've got a thought. Yeah, hey, Pipe. Love the show. Um, I'm an umpire myself uh, in the local leagues, and I just think doing the four is just a great idea, obviously, for 
you know, you get to know the fellow umpires that you're with and chemistry and, you know, your fitness levels and things like that. But you're always, when you're assessed, you're always assessed individually. So I think when it comes to finals, you base it on the individual and then you group the best umpires and then you put them in another group. So, yeah, I just think when it gets to finals, it should be based on the individual and not the team. So they'll pick a squad, do you think, and then from that squad, they'll you'll umpire the prelims and you'll umpire the, and then work out after that who the best four are and pick four individuals? Yeah, yeah, basically. And as I said, it is it is a group when you're umpiring in the regular season. It is a group yep. thing, like how well you work together, just like a footy team. But again, you're always based on individual performances. So I, I think that's how they should reward the umpires. And I think it's a great idea by the umpires. It'll be a hell of a lot more consistent during the regular season, that's for sure. So good great to have you... Great to have you, your call, Lachlan, giving you an umpire. Hold the line. We've got a Geelong Premiership cap for you. Be one in hoops in 2023 with the Geelong Cats membership. Sign up today at membership.geelongcats.com.au. Matthew in Western Australia, you've got a thought on this, Matthew. Welcome to you. Hey, mate. How you going? Good. Good. Uh, I reckon you'd have to pick, you'd have to stick with the, the four umpires that have been working together the whole year. I think that just makes a lot more sense. Like, they'll obviously be a lot more familiar with each other players would get familiar with them um i reckon that'd be your best bet um also on the monday night i reckon they'd make a killing especially in school holidays um get all the kids there um the nfl does a monday night game and it's probably the biggest game of the week they get two of the best sides pretty much for the week and yeah they make a killing i reckon it'd be good yeah i agree with you matthew i think that there is an opportunity for a team to do it as a one-off blockbuster and say hey you know, a bit like North Melbourne did all those years ago with Thursday night footy, um, make it their one thing they do every year. Every year we have one Monday night game and this will be our Monday night game we do every year in school holidays and make it a big night for the kids. I know, as you mentioned, with American footy, it's huge Monday night footy and people think that if it's American, then we shouldn't do it here. But, you know, I mean, what Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. He was American and we're not walking around saying... Let's not have light bulbs. An American invented it. Sammy Edmonds, not far away from joining us. Thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's premier supplier of instant lawn. Keep your calls coming through on 1300-736-736. On that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Uh, no Thursday or Monday night footy. It's a weekend game and thus gives everyone an opportunity to see it live then. Brendan, have a great day. So Brendan's against it. Same group of four umpires is stupid. Surely they need to tweak the groups during the season to manage individual performance. Also, bad luck if you get a week four. Um, thanks for that. And I th- how do you pick the best umpire? Well, they're all rated for their decision-making process individually after every game. Not just the decisions they make, but the decisions they don't make. So there is a rating system that every umpire is under. It includes things like their bouncing, etc. So... Yeah, they're all rated. So when it comes to the end of the home and away season, and there's one text here saying that there will be situations where an umpire gets injured and you'll have to change your four, and that will happen during the course of the year as well. The fours will change, but they're trying to start them off at least and try and stick them together for the entire season as a four. But I can see come the end of the home and away season, they just get a whole new group of guys, all the best umpires, the best you know, 16 probably, given there's four games on the opening week of the finals and then weed your way through those best 16 during the course of the final series before you get your best four for the grand final. And one here, been suggesting a champion's midweek or end of season comp for years. 
would be a great place to trial new rules before putting them into the AFL. And we don't really have a mechanism now to trial rules. Sammy Edmonds been good enough to jump on the line. Welcome to you, Sammy. Great to have you on. Great to be with you, Dwayne. You know what, if you've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. You want to see your teams play well this time of the year, but what do you want most of all? Just not anyone to go down injured. And some really disappointing news out of North Melbourne as we go to air now, Dwayne, via Riley Beveridge at the AFL website. Riley's reporting a blow for North Melbourne on the eve of round one. Ben Mackay dealing with bone stress in his right foot, and he's set to miss the start of the season. So that is a terrible blow for, for Benny Mackay, who had a, well, a variety of issues last season. Managed the 15 games, Dwayne, but he had a concussion at one point, a shoulder at another, a knee at another. He was suspended, I think, for a game along the way as well. We know how important he is. He's out of contract this year as well. But uh, according to the AFL website, he's going to miss the start of the season for Alistair Clarkson's North Melbourne. Yeah, that is nasty news. Uh, have you got any good news for us while you're <laughs> on, Sam, just to, to balance it up a bit? Well, hopefully good news coming from Geelong in the form of Mitch Duncan. Now, we know he's been battling uh, his own fitness uh, issues at the moment. He's got a calf injury that he, I think, initially copped in early February. Dwayne, it's been, they've treated it patiently, Geelong, and you can understand that. If we learn anything from that club last year, that they're... They're uh, conscious of carefully managing their star veterans and resting them and managing them carefully in mind of the bigger picture. Well, he's probably not going to play around one. In fact, Paddy Dangerfield uh, said on Waitley, Jerry Waitley this morning, that he was touch and go. But they've flown into Adelaide for a little mini pre-season camp uh, mm. to get over this calf injury. So they've got Dr. Steve Saunders over there, the Cats consultant. That's where he's based, of course. So just freshen up as much as anything mentally as it is physically. So Mitch Duncan uh, has gone over to, uh, to Adelaide to try and get himself right, which will hopefully... Uh, be good news eventually for the Cats in the early part of the season. Yeah, that'd be a big loss. So if Tom Hawkins can't come up for round one, if well, Jack Henry's not available, and if Jeremy Cameron's partner, wife, goes into labour, then he won't be available either. Mm. So uh, that could be a different-looking Geelong lineup to take on Collingwood at the MCG, which is a game that Collingwood would look at that they could win anyway, even if the Cats were stacked. Yeah, and just while we're on the Cats on this Geelong membership day, of course, we know Joel Selwood won't be there, the former captain, but he will be uh, in the sense that he's going to do a lap of honour with the 2022 Premiership flags. So not an unfurling. That'll take place uh, down at GMHBA later in the season, but uh, uh, not an unfurling. Maybe it's a, a show-off of the flag, if you like, uh, at, a, <laughs> oh, at a chance. We'll come up with a better term than that. The Cats showing off at the MCG in front of Collingwood fans. Maybe an unveiling, if you like, oh. of the flag. I don't know. We get bogged down in <laughs> semantics. Uh, how many unfurlings can we have, Dwayne? Regardless, Joel Selwood's going to go around and this is part of the reason why this game's at 7.40. I know you were speaking about start times earlier and 7.50, which is a bugbear for not all, but for some. 7.40 was a special request put in by the Cats to perhaps start this game 10 minutes earlier so that at the back end, keeping in mind they want to get as many Geelong members there as they can for a home game to open the season and to say thanks to Joel Selwood to get them home at a reasonable hour as well. That long trip down the highway, the trip that you so often make, Dwayne, they don't want them doing that too late at night. So they've managed to... Well, twist the AFL's arm and get it shifted forward 10 minutes. Yeah, nice. Hey, just on our discussion yesterday about GMHBA Stadium. So mm. I think at around 6pm last night, Josh Barnes in the Geelong Advertiser posted a story headlined, Geelong to avoid fixture changes due to new stand construction yep. issues. The story detailing that the Cats will not lose their GMHBA home game to Melbourne to the MCG. So uh, after a good discussion between us yesterday... Um, 
someone from the Eddie has confirmed that that's not going to change that Geelong-Melbourne fixture, which is pretty good news for Cat fans to hear. you got some Adelaide news as well, have you? Yeah, look, Brody Smith, uh, he's uh, spoken to the media today over there. Always good listen-off on Brody Smith, Dwayne. And he says the three-year rebuild, in fact, is over now at the Crows and the time for winning is now. In fact, he said, we're expecting to win games now. We're not hoping to win games. And he's put finals firmly on the agenda for Matty Nix's Crows. They're pretty strong comments from Brody Smith. They've been really impressed in the preseason, of course, does that and will that translate to the home and away season? There are, I don't know what you've made of them, Dwayne, but from what I've seen, they're a hard, they're an honest side. They've built clearly a contested ball brand. They will take some scalps this season for those who come underprepared, I suppose, and that was certainly Carlton at uh, Adelaide Oval last year. Can they do it consistently enough to perhaps ask some questions of, uh, of the existing top eight and who knows, maybe sneak in? Yeah, it was... Amazing, really, to watch. I know they've done it the last couple of years, but it's hard to sustain that effort-based game plan mm. for 24 weeks. So they're going to have to do that. But, boy, when they bring it, you know, if it's, if it's three out of every four or whatever, then they're going to be fantastic to watch. And they might actually, you know, they might rival Port Adelaide. They might knock Port Adelaide down the pecking order when it comes to the number one team in SA by the end of the year. There's a lot of Crow fans talking that up, that Port Adelaide's opportunity in the sun to win a flag uh, might be over and these two could be ships passing in the night, MCG surface, how are we going replacing uh, Ed Sheeran's grass? It's happening. It's like when you've got one of those 2,000-piece jigsaw puzzles, though, Dwayne. It just takes time, and you have some bits that you just can't solve. Well, I've seen a photo from Channel 7's Blake Johnson at the moment, so slowly coming together. But, geez, it's a momentous size, and the scope of this turf replacement is huge. Obviously, the biggest ever down there. It's 10,000 square metres. Not unplanned for, not underprepared, just a big job. Now, I've checked in with the Adelaide Oval as well. I, I can't uh, tell you what condition the Adelaide Oval is at the moment, but there was a lot of rain last night for Ed Sheeran. Rained heavily again this morning as well. Same stage set up a course right in the middle of the Adelaide Oval. Admittedly only one concert, so we'll see how they go with potentially their turf replacement and Ed's off to uh, to Perth now for that Sunday night show at the Optus Stadium and they've got a pair of games in round two. So, you know, tight turnarounds in Adelaide and Perth as well but uh, the MCG for their part just coming together slowly, Dwayne, but they're completely calm. There was a murmur, a rumour if you like this morning that in fact they didn't have enough turf, but that is complete and utter rubbish. They do, and uh, it'll be laid, and we'll see how it goes. And were you talking herringbone today? I heard you on breakfast <laughs> talking right. about you like there's a specific pattern of grass laying that you like the look of. Oh, You're Bre- talking some Greek mosaic pattern? There was a French classic pattern, I believe it's right. termed. Now, that's uh, too difficult to describe on air, but I love the intricacies of that. I'm having a look at it, though, because, you know, Wisp and Gary, they um, fancied themselves as farmers and farmers and, and borderline landscapers, uh, Dwayne. They're talking herringbone, brick pattern and the like. How is it actually going to be? Well, it looks like it, what I can see, it looks like big hay bales in the middle of the MCG, so though it comes in big rolls. I'm not sure if they roll it out. I'm assured they don't. Who really cares as long as it knits and stitches and stays in place and there's not an incident on March 16? Hopefully they won't be. Were they always going to replace the grass yep. pre-round one anyway, yes. whether Ed was here or not? Oh, well, they know Ed's going to be here for so long, I, I right. can't answer that. But what I am told is that during a season, the MCG always have this turf grown. They do replace turf throughout the year. HG turf for the contractors there. They grow it off-site. So they have it prepared anyway for, for um, incidentals or for, for regular changeover of turf anyway in season. So, it's look, it's a, it's a recipe they follow, just not to this scale. And it's 216. We've got to 216 without the mention of any other sport outside of AFL today. I know I've mentioned that I've got... Xavier Cook's coming on. So do you want to throw in some other sport just for, for the variation? I love the live, and we spoke about this with Jared Waitley earlier, the live PGA battle at the moment, Yola. I think 
there has not been a fear, more fierce opponent of Liv than Rory McIlroy. I wouldn't have thought. And here he is on the eve of the Players' Championship, Dwayne, with the biggest softening we've ever seen. In fact, saying that the introduction of Liv has actually brought some changes, mm. prompted the PGA to change when they've had no incentive to change because they've been the only fish in the only pond out there, to, to be progressive and to perhaps move with the times. And he said innovation has to be good and, and that's been brought on by Liv. So I thought that was big of him to admit that when he's been so far in one corner and aligned with the PGA. Live and let live. I like it, Sammy. That's why you're the best in the business, Pot. Unbelievable. Crazy good, in fact. (laughs) And a bit of Champions League happened this morning as well. It did indeed. Uh, The Blues, Chelsea, geez, they've been under the pump in the league, Graham Potter's men, but they beat Borussia Dortmund uh, 2-0. They had their nervy moments at Stamford Bridge, but there was big relief around that stadium when they secured their path to the quarterfinals. 2-0, 2-1 on aggregate against the Germans. Chelsea through the quarterfinals there, Pot. Love your work, Sammy. Sammy Edmund, SEN Chief Reporter. Thanks to Coolabar Turf. Speaking of turf, Victoria's premier supplier of instant lawn. So if you want a herringbone in your backyard, then uh, it's there at Coolabar Turf. By the way, SEN Tire Power Tipping is back as well. You can play SEN Tire Power Tipping and join for your chance to win weekly prizes, including the major prize of $5,000. Sign up now at tipping.sen.com.au. And it's all thanks to tyre power. Luke in Preston wants to talk some F1 as well. We've got a little basketball coming up, a little bit of uh, cricket. We're heading to Adam Collins in India. We'll squeeze Luke in before the ad break. You there, Luke? I am, Dwayne. I hope you're well, mate. I am. Uh, that's good. Yeah, just look, I heard you speaking uh, just then saying you wanted to hear a bit more about some other sports. And obviously, there's a, the Formula One season kicked off on the weekend. Um, disappointing for the fellow Australian Oscar Piastri, though. The McLarens aren't looking too strong at the moment, and he did retire in the race with some technical issues. But uh, hopefully they can turn it around when they come to Australia in three weeks' time. But, yeah, in other news in the Formula 1, Alonso, at 41 years of age, came third. So he's just proving that age is just a number at the moment. Yeah, I like it. Max Verstappen looks really strong. So uh, good news for Red Bull fans as well. Give us a call any time. Luke, always great to have you on. Nicky Mernda's got a thought on... Mackay's injury at North Melbourne. What can you, Nick? Yeah, good day. without knowing it, you guys have got a scoop. The uh, fixture's obviously changed. I'm tipping Carlton's probably now playing North round one because if Ben Mackay's not playing, well, we all know that it's the same bloke, so they never play against each other, so that's obviously a big change. <laughs> so do you think he plays two games a weekend, this Mackay guy, just with two different jumpers? Yeah, I reckon. Well, that just doesn't sound right, him missing a game and it's not against Carlton. I think Carlton have another guy who does that. Nick plays two games a weekend. I think his name's Captain Carlton. I think he, well, I might be wrong here, but I'm, I think Carlton, Captain Carlton's mascot is, is he the Melbourne Storm mascot as well? So he plays a couple of games a week. Leave Collingwood alone. <laughs> One of our callers earlier on, don't put Collingwood on a Monday night, leave Collingwood alone. It tickled the fancy of a few on the text machine today. Adam Collins is in Ahmedabad for McCafe Coffee Catch-Up, the deluxe iced coffee range from McCafe to talk some cricket. And it's been a very interesting series so far. Here we are. It's 2-1. We've had a lot of three-day action. Let's hope we get a little five-day action. There's been some controversy around the pitch yet again. Welcome to you, Adam. Great to have you back on the program. 
Great to be there. Actually, they're pronouncing the Umdabat, so they they um, they skip the the E and the Ahmedabad bit and just go Umdabat. And uh, we got there yesterday to this gigantic monolithic sort of stadium, um, uh, potentially up to a hundred thousand people expected to rock up on day one. I suppose we'll, we'll be talking a lot around the the pageantry on that first morning. But there were two pitches there, so there was one that all the Australians went and had a look at, and we just took as assumed would be the test surface, and then they started rolling another one, and that was more green. Um, but we think that it's going to be the original um, surface, which I'd expect will play in a similar way to how it has through the series with the black soil um, taking the turn early on. So who will decide on which pitch is used? Uh, look, the, the Indian team. Uh, look, the curator will, will take soundings, I'm sure. But when, when, it, when push comes to shove, the reason why they prepare a couple of pitches is because they've got um, their curation hierarchy. They've got the local ground staff. They've got the BCCI curator, who you saw in the, in the Indian team uniform um, last week when it was lunch on day one and, and Rahul Dravid wasn't best pleased. Uh, and then, of course, there's the team as well. I'm not saying that Rohit Sharma gets veto or anything like that, but there'll be a decision taken from inside the Indian camp. But the suggestion from the ground staff yesterday is that they were leaning towards the, the original pitch rather than the green top. And how is the Australian spirit at the moment? And Adam, to be sort of looking as if we can square the series and then head into the World Test Championship with a chance to actually mm. reprove ourselves? There's a lot of that. I mean, the energy around the group at the moment, it's really laid back. It's like the monkey off the back of winning an indoor, right? Like having had that opportunity in Delhi and botching it and then coming to, to indoor and having another opportunity and holding their nerve and playing as well as they did in really tough conditions that span prodigiously from, from minute one. So they're, they're proud of what they achieved, but casting forward, they, they feel like they're in great spirits just uh, around the group, around the hotel, that kind of thing. And they are allowed, I think, permitted to have an eye to England because you're right, they're in the World Test Championship final now. That starts on June the 7th and in all probability will be again against India. So that will have form on what's happened over here. And then the Ashes series. Australia haven't actually won a series in England since 2001. They, they retained the Ashes there in 19 with a two-all draw. But um, the idea of this generation, you sort of Smith, Warner, Kalaja, Stark, others who have been to England multiple times, Nathan Lyon, who's been going since 2013, um, they, they've suffered some really tough days in England. And if they can finish their England journeys, if you like, it's improbable any of those players will, will make it to England again in, in 2027. Indeed, none of them will. Uh, so that, that means this is a great chance to do something special as a senior group uh, that hasn't been done in, in a generation. Talking to Adam Collins, SEN's coverage of the fourth test between India and Australia starts tomorrow, 2.25pm. So right now on the station you're listening to tomorrow, it'll be cricket coming your way. Any changes likely to our 11? Oh, I'd be really surprised. Steve Smith's quite upbeat about the three spinner configuration, sort of talking to him after the last test match, he, he really enjoyed that challenge and he used the spinners differently. So he obviously gave Kuhneman the new ball in the second innings and used him very early in the first innings. Nathan Lyon held back a little bit. Uh, and then Todd Murphy, not, I mean, it would be underplaying it to say that he was used to, to hold up an end, but he did hold up an end superbly. And the way he set up um, Coley on that first day was one of the decisive moments which gave Australia the chance to skittle them inside 33 overs. So um, Murphy's playing his role after making his test debut in Nagpur and, and taking seven wickets. We spoke to Todd yesterday on SEN Cricket and he, again, he's in a great mood. To think he wasn't even in the test side or the shield hmm. side, sorry, at the start of the season. He wasn't the first choice spinner. He's never played a first class game at the MCG. So you, you're kind of reminded of how inexperienced he is relatively uh, compared to what most guys would be 
uh, when they're playing test cricket for Australia. But um, he's a very confident and intelligent young man and he's enjoying this experience and getting every last bit out of it. So under Nathan Lyon, what a great mentor. And he'll eventually become the senior spinner. But for the time being, he's very happy as number two. And any loss reaction when it comes to the selection of India's eleven? Quite a bit. Uh, yeah, the, it, it's never good over here when they lose. I remember in Pune in 17, when they lost that first test match, it was, it was ferocious. Uh, and I wouldn't say it was quite so ferocious this time because, of course, they'd already retained the Border Gavaskar inside five playing days. So it was tempered by that. But the usual suspects were out there saying the usual types of things, criticising the captaincy of Rohit Sharma, criticising the bowling of Ravi Chandwin Ashwin, remembering that Ashwin had like, bowled out Australia twice in two test matches before that. So it, it can be over the top, but so it is around the cricketing world. When Australia lost in Delhi, you can be forgiven for thinking they were a club side uh, based on some of the, the criticism and, and they bounced back and held their nerve in indoor, as we've discussed before. So I guess that's part and parcel of cricket over here in India, Dwayne, where the intensity is so next level. And, and we're going to see a lot of that on the first day. I, I mentioned off the top that um, they're, they're striving to break the world record that was set for attendance at Melbourne uh, in 2013, that, that Ashes Boxing Day test. That was about 94,000 from memory. Um, and this has got the capacity to beat that. And they're shipping in tens of thousands of people for that first session when the prime ministers are there um, in order to try and have a crack at breaking it and having 100,000 there on the day. And whether they do or don't, I'm sure they'll declare having more than 100,000 there, such as the, uh, the importance of this set-piece event, you could say, politically. And what's the alignment for the political get-together there? Well, the Australian Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, is in Ahmedabad uh, later today, I believe. He's got... Um, uh, uh, I think 22 chief executives with him from Australia. So it's principally a trade mission. And India are the chair of the G20 this year. So lots of different Australian ministers have been coming back and forth from India. The treasurer was there here a couple of weeks ago, the foreign minister last week. So um, the, the fact that the PMC is quite normal, but they're tying it in with a, a test match at a stadium named after the Indian prime minister, who's a controversial figure. Um, but um, someone who has a, a lot of support here, especially in Gujarat, his home state. He was the chair of the local cricket association here when he was chief minister. So effectively, he was premier of this state before becoming prime minister of the country to give that kind of perspective on, on why this is such a big deal for him. In there yesterday, there are pictures of both prime ministers everywhere, including on the site screen at the end that they're not bowling at. So you'll see that through the test match. Um, they're, they're being, um, it's hard to tell what's happening with the pre-game festivities, but there's a, a big stage that's being built, we assume, to do something similar um, to how it was when, when, um, when Donald Trump was at um, the stadium to open it back in 2020. There'll be something at the start. And they also had a, a car, like a, the way I described it on social media, it was like a Pope-mobile uh, going around <laughs> yesterday where presumably the two prime ministers will stand, or at least Modi, maybe Albanese, I'm not sure, will stand on this car and be wheeled around before the game ahead of that presentation. So, And it's like a gold mini Nissan Hilux type thing. It's a very interesting uh, car that... Um, <laughs> Uh, but yes, it's got it's got room for people to be standing on the back of it. Not quite angry Anderson and, and, and the Batmobile um, that I co-own, as it happens. Uh, but, um, but but they could have they could have asked to borrow it. Had they given me a call and said, "Can we have the Batmobile from the '91 Grand Final?" I would have happily um, got it over here, but but not to be. So how do you co-own that? It's a long story, Dwayne. I suggest you Google it. It was covered extensively a couple of years ago. The um the uh, it, it came up on eBay. Uh, long story short, I missed out on buying it in 2006 and I pledged I'd never miss out a second time and I, I got a lot of Hawthorne supporters together in that week that the auction was running and we uh, 
we picked it up. That was probably three years ago during the pandemic. <laughs> nice work. Hey, before I let you go, this stadium, it holds 130,000. It's one of the biggest in the world. It's the biggest. I, I doubt it holds 132. I mean, at okay. one end of the ground there's a plaque saying 110. The other end of the ground is a plaque saying 130, and now we're being told 132. So, right. um, but regardless of how many people they get in there tomorrow, I'm certain there'll be um, there'll be reports that it's the record for a, a first day of Test cricket. I, I'm sure there'll uh, I'm sure there'll be enough people there. 85,000 people are, are, are reportedly being shipped in for that first morning for the ceremony. So, in addition to all the fans who already bought tickets, it's, it's going to be absolutely massive. It's going to be worth tuning in for. And I bet their traffic still moves better than Melbourne. Hey, great to have you, Adam. We look forward to your coverage tomorrow. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Adam Collins uh, joining us for a McCafe coffee catch-up, the Deluxe Ice Coffee range from McCafe. You can head to a drive through for your Deluxe Ice Coffee. It's real coffee, real deluxe. It's been great to have your company on Dwayne's World today. Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Xavier Cooks has been great to us this season. He's been almost a regular on the program, the NBL MVP, heading to the NBA to join the Washington Wizards, but he's got a bit of work to do first here with the Kings. Xavier, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, It's great to have you on again. Thanks for having me, guys. It's nice to be talking some NBL and some NBA. How do you feel? I know you've got a job to do with the Kings, but how do you feel? Do you feel like relieved, excited? What's What's the adjective that comes to mind? Um, mixed emotions. Uh, part of me is just focus, focus on the playoffs, and the other part of me is just so excited for the opportunity. You know, I've been asking for an opportunity for so many years just to get my foot in the door to have a chance over there, and I finally received that, and I'm excited about it. But right now, I've got two more wins left. So let's talk about them first. Stands at one all the series. New Zealand won game one in Sydney. Bit of a surprise. Sydney winning game two in New Zealand, 81 to 74, which was also a bit of a surprise. How? Well, you won. Xavier, you played, what, nine minutes? You were, your ankle's still a little iffy. How is it right now? Uh, I'm beat up. Obviously, I'm pretty beat up. But this time of the year, I'm pretty sure everyone's pretty beat up. It's just about, you know, finding a way to stay on the court. Um, I have a complete belief in my boys and my team. And as you can show, we've got a very talented and very deep team. So do you think you'll play more than nine minutes? you got more than nine minutes in you Friday night? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I was... Biting my fingernails on the sideline in the second half of the game um, after the coach pulled me out. But that was mainly because he didn't need you? The other guys in your team were doing so well? Uh, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I guess they never need me. They're winning games without me, so it's all good. But I think it was more <laughs> just, um, you know, don't further injury going forward. And I really couldn't contribute too much to the way I was moving out there. And that's the best ball pin on that game. So you're starting on the bench Friday night then, are you, Xavier? Uh, I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far, but we'll see. <laughs> it is an interesting series you've had. Um, it's been even. It's been good to see how back and forth it's been. Um, your weaponry was down in game one overall, um, but it seemed like it was back there, and your defense was fantastic in game two. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like, as I said, going into this series, it's going to be a defensive series. Um, and I think in game one, they really implied their will on us defensively. They really slowed us down. Made, made us shoot shots we don't really want to shoot. And then the second half, second game, sorry, I think our desperation levels were another level and our intensity was something they didn't quite match. And I think that's why we got the win. So it sets up nicely given the games three and five are your home games, although I presume you want to get this wrapped up Sunday night so you can get on a flight to the US Sunday night after the game. 
Oh, I mean, I get over there whenever I get over there. The main purpose is to win a championship here first. It would be nice to get it over and done with on Sunday, but it's going to be a challenging series either way. I'm not sure if it'll go four. Who else do you think could jump straight into the NBA next season? You've got Dejan Vasilovic you're playing next to. You've had Keanu Pinder, who's had a good season. Chris Golding's always good. So who else do you think could jump straight over there and have an impact? I think there's a lot of players. I mean, obviously, I'm matched up against um, Brantley in the finals, and he's a ridiculously yeah. good cover. He's a great defender and a great offensive player. And I think the NBA is always looking for two-way guys. Another one you said is Keanu Pinder. He's, um, his explosiveness and his athleticism, his versatility – we could, could translate to the NBA, but honestly, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'm sure I won't be the last one to come from the NBL. No, it's been uh, it's been a production line, really, the NBL. Do you think Chase Buford's going to join you in the US somewhere next year? Oh, I think so. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. I think he's an unbelievable coach. He really knows his basketball, and he's really proven that. We've been here for two years now, and we won a championship, and we're in the, in the running for another one. So he's got a ridiculous good resume and a great pedigree of basketball in his family. Yeah, it's ticking some boxes. Hey, there's been a pretty good success rate with guys from the NBL going over there and playing good minutes. We've talked about you know, guys like Jock Landau. Not, I mean, Josh Giddy's a superstar, so he's probably at that other end of the spectrum. But, I mean, even the guys that are going over there to play roles are getting good minutes at the moment, Xavier. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it started with the Jason Tate and all those kind of guys that went over there. And uh, Tory Craig, a lot of these guys that have really found their role in the NBA of just being unbelievable role players. And that's what a basketball takes sometimes. You're not always going to be the superstar. You're not always going to be the main character in the movie. Sometimes you've got to play a role, and that's what I'm looking for. And you're going to be playing with guys like well, Brad Beal and Chris Dapps for Singers and well, Kyle Kuzma and co. So you're going to have some great guys to learn from and play with. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of talent on that team. I'm excited to go over there and learn from those kind of guys. Um, I think it's going to be a stepping stool moving to America and get all that kind of stuff sorted, but we've got some great guys to learn from. Do you think being a basketball where your father played, you've been in basketball all your life, I think Ballarat's reclaiming you now, given you were born there. Um, do you think being in basketball all your life has kind of prepared you? Because you, I know you went over and even played some summer league, but you've kind of had your mind on this happening from the point you were a child picking up a basketball for the first time. Yeah, I don't know if it will prepare me for the NBA because I haven't got over there yet, but we'll see. Um, obviously, I play a lot of basketball in my life, but it's a lot of FIBA basketball, and there's a different rules in FIBA and the NBA, so it takes some time to adjust, but either way, basketball is still basketball, and I have pretty good confidence in myself. Xavier, great to have you on the program. I really appreciate how great you've been to us this season. Uh, you've been on a number of times, so good luck over there, and uh, remember us when you're a millionaire, won't you? I always remember you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, as always. <laughs> Xavier Cooks, NBL MVP, heading to the NBA to join the Washington Wizards, but has a job to do for the Kings first. So game three of that best of five series is in Sydney on Friday night, and then game four is Sunday in New Zealand. And if a game five is required, it's next Wednesday night back in Sydney. So Sydney Kings have the home court advantage again.